Welcome to Living Life in Love at Night. I'm your host, Mark Braxton, with a very, very, very special episode featuring the director, producer, filmmaker, Tanya McGrath from Whole Bay Productions. We had a wonderful conversation to kind of provide some updates to the documentary about vitiligo that's coming up. It's called More Than Our Skin. And we talked about a few other things, some projects that she had in the past and the present, and we shared some great information. But you know, with anything that you're trying to do, when you're trying to put out a positive message, up jumps the devil. So here we go. We are recording and my microphone is pulling feedback from somewhere. I'm not sure where. I tested everything and it seems that the feedback would not go away. So when you listen to our conversation, you will hear some feedback from my microphone. There's an echo. And I'm trying to figure out where's this echo coming from. And then I discovered after the conversation, Skype had logged on or kicked in after I did the Windows 11 update and I had to disable my Skype. So I was getting feedback from Skype as well as from my podcast. But you know, when you have challenges in life, you learn how to push through these things, you keep going forward and you still get the message out that's needed for the millions of people who are listening or the thousands of people or the hundreds of people or, or the 10 to 20 people who might be listening. We're still going to get the message out there. So sit back and enjoy this conversation. It is a longer episode, it is a full length podcast, but it's a part of my special living life and love at night. So tune in to hear our conversation. Welcome to Living Life and Love at Night. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So tonight is a very special episode. I would like to welcome my guest, Tanya McGrath. So Tanya, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you tonight. So I'm not going to keep you too long, but I do want to have a conversation about who you are, um, the organization or company you represent, and some of your projects, and they will go further into that a little bit later. So just tell us who you are and where you're from. Sure. I am a producer, director, content creator, and podcast creator um, from hailing from central Massachusetts uh, in a very small town called Lemonster, Mass. I reside here with my husband, who's also my production partner, my business partner, and we have two sons who are living in the house and three dogs. So it's a pretty busy home that we live in. (laughs) That's awesome. Awesome. And Tanya, uh, before we get started, I do want to say thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I always like to thank my guests uh, before we really dig into the conversation. So let's, let's start with the history of your production company. Can you just talk a little bit about that? And then we'll talk about the podcasting and a few other things. We started Hall Bay Productions in 2015 as a result of my pastor, who Bishop Lawrence Ward of the Abundant Life Church in Cambridge. He approached me wanting me to do a film chronicling the 100 years of the church, um, which was in, I think the 100 years was in 2017. So in like late 2014, he approached me. I had 25 years of television production experience. And he asked you, you know, could you put something, a little something together? He said, just, you know, just a little few minutes, what have you. That few minutes uh, turned into a full-fledged full-length documentary film 
um, called 100 Years, 100 Voices of Faith. And that was really Hull Bay Productions' first um, film, first major project that we did. We have done several smaller projects, but that film was really our first mark, if you will. We were invited to be a part of the Roxbury International Film Festival, which was incredibly exciting. It was well received and, and we've just gotten so many compliments for it. Now, at the time, I was still working like a real job job and right. my husband was working. And it wasn't until 2019 when I actually got fired from a job that is wasn't ordained for me right god right. had god had better plans for me absolutely and and i started doing this full time and it has been just an opportunity for me to really do what i love and what i'm passionate about and that is creating content creating videos creating films creating um, opportunities for other people and their stories to be told, uh, creating websites for people whose businesses that they want to build. It, it kind of encompasses everything. We do media production, we, we are media specialists, we're content creators. And I have to say, you know, I, I, I love the 25 years I spent in television news. It afforded me all my skills and everything. Right but I am having the time of my life right now um, because I get to wake up every day and create something that I have control over and that I wanna do. I get to pick and choose. So right. it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. You know, it made me think about, um, just recently I, I had a podcast up, it was called Cut the Tether. And, and I feel like a lot of times we get tied to a career or a job and we don't know when to leave. And right yes not until we cut that tether that we can be free like you said you, you're free you know and you can kind of do different projects and content the way you want to do them and sometimes we're just tied to whatever career we're in and, we're, and we get afraid to move. we do we do and, and we think that the paycheck is more important than our soul Absolutely. And, um, and I think God knew what my path was supposed to be and I wasn't willing to leave because I, I remember, I tell the story all the time, six months before I was fired, my husband and I were at church and I turned to him and I said, I think I'm supposed to be working here at the church. Right. And he looked at me and we just kind of like shrugged it off. And then six months later, I'm fired. I called my pastor and he was like, well, I need you. I, I need you to do some work at the church. And lo and behold, I've been doing it ever since. And, you know, for me, that is my mission that's what i know i am supposed to be doing in this world but it also allows me to do all these other amazing things that i want to do in this world absolutely absolutely um let's talk about you you also created a podcast on uh, your power play show can you share with our listeners a little bit about that the power play show was created out of this idea that my stepfather and i used to have these incredibly long drawn out debates, conversations, arguments, whatever you want to call them, about different issues when it came to how we see power in our society, how we look at power in our society, um, how it affects people, how it affects ourselves, what we can do to help eliminate things that are like evil power versus good power. Right. So we really built it based on that. and. 
we premiered in January of 2020, uh, right before the pandemic hit, <laughs> and um, and it was great. And so, but probably 10 months into it, uh, my stepdad, who is a retired judge, he was just like, you know what? Um, I'm a little tired because my, my work ethic is like up here. It's really hard to right. kind of keep up with me sometimes. And so, you know, he, he gracefully said, I know you can do this on your own. And at first I was like, and I was telling my husband, I was like, do I need to find another host? Do I need to do this? And I just ended up doing it by myself. And so it, what we really do is we really talk to people who are in positions of power, people who affect power, people have the ability to take power in certain circumstances and let people understand how that works. Um, for instance, my show this week, I'm talking to the former director of the Nightly News um, with Lester Holt. And the position of a director is a very powerful position because you get to take the story and you're bringing it to life for everyone to see. So we talk a lot about that and the enormity of that responsibility as a director. So yeah, so it, it's um, it, it's a weekly podcast. You can catch it on thepowerplayshow.com. Um, but I'm really having a great time with it. And it gives me a chance to meet like some incredible people, which I just absolutely love. Absolutely. And you know, I, um, that's how I feel with podcasting. I, I didn't have it on my radar. Uh, Valerie asked me to share my story and I did. And from that, to me, as it has grown, I'm seeing, seeing it blossom. I'm watching it grow to something I never planned. I'm uh, talking to people from other countries and people I would never meet in my daily life. Um, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Cause I always felt like I don't like talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> but now realizing I do like talking to people. You know, I just need to rest afterwards. But, it, you know, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the conversation because um, you get a chance to share your story also, as well as hear those. And you're sharing it with the listeners around the world. So, And yeah. isn't it incredible, the technology that allows us to do this now? Because before it was just radio, right? We, we didn't have this platform. And yes, there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And but I, you know, I can only imagine that just you being able to just speak your voice and to tell your story in your own words to your audience is just an incredible feeling. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing this. This is this is great. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and I, I, feel like, I feel like it's a blessing in disguise because we were going through this pandemic trying to figure out how we're going to maneuver life. And here it is. I'm giving this show that I can talk to people. And I, I, like you said, we have the technology to connect with each other. We may not see people in person, but yet we can still connect and talk and share and, and engage each other. So it has been wonderful, you know, just to have the platforms. And I know sometimes we get tied into numbers, you know, how many listeners, how many followers, you know, where I'm, where's my ranking here? But yeah, right. <laughs> me, I feel like, that doesn't matter if you're touching a life of somebody who needs it. Absolutely, absolutely. Just one person, you know, sometimes I just get one comment a week that just says, oh, I loved when you asked that person about X, Y, Z. And that's absolutely. what, that means everything to me. That, that's, that's all, it, that's all I need. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, let me ask you, we're gonna, we're gonna go to your current project that you're working on. I'm not going to give the title yet. I want you to give want you to give the title to the listeners and tell them a little bit about 
um, this project and how important it is. You know, in December of last year, almost a year ago, I went, I was riding home with my husband and I said, I really want to do another film. And I didn't know what I really had in mind, but I mentioned this woman who I met, Valerie Molyneux, and she was actually at the premiere of my first film. That's when I first met Valerie. And she had come to my church a couple of times. And I said, you know, we, we talked a couple of years ago. It just wasn't the right time, but I want to reach out to her. And I did. And it was as if everything that has happened since was absolutely supposed to happen. Now, your listeners may know that Valerie has vitiligo, as do you. And I spoke with Valerie and she put together a group of women. Um, I call them the Fab Five because they are the fabulous five. Um, Your good friend Katrina, Alicia, Pat, Millie, and of course Valerie. And from there, we just really started to think about, well, what can this be? And in one of our development meetings very early on in the year, we were just you know, I think I threw out the question. I said, well, what do you want people to know about living with vitiligo? And Alicia just jumped out of her seat. And she said, I want them to know it's more than our skin. Right. I'm like, that's the title, more than our skin. And what we're doing is we are talking to, and you are one of the, the people that we've interviewed for this film yes. as well. We're talking to people living with vitiligo. We're, we're focusing it on the lives of these five women, but in that five women, there is an entire community that, is, um, that, that we also focus on because we really do want to show the community of people living with vitiligo that it's just like me or you or anyone down the street. And what happens is that, yes, your skin looks differently, but the emotional, the mental, the internal struggle and pain, I think is something that I, I couldn't appreciate when I first started this conversation with Valerie. Now, I I gotta tell you, there hasn't been an interview or a trip that I have done uh, in the making of this film where tears were not right at the back of my eyes. And when I finished, Um, interviewing the ladies, um, which I did between May and August of this year, um, I really felt a little depressed because I get to go back to my world, right? Where, you know, things are quote normal. Right, absolutely. And, but what I was carrying with me was all of the tears, the laughter, the hurt, the pain, the stories, the trauma of every single person I spoke to on this journey. And I had to really just kind of go into prayer about it because I realized that it was so much more than something that I ever thought I could feel about a project. And it really, and I can't say this strong enough, it has absolutely changed my life. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask too, like in meeting the people in our community, how did it impact you? And you just shared that, you know, you, you're carrying it with you personally because you've had a chance to 
um, go on our journey with us through our words and experiences and some of the things that people have shared with you. And I, I think some people don't understand it. It affects us in so many different ways. They just see the outside, but they don't know the internal, uh, as you say, struggles that we go through. Even if we're smiling, even if we're laughing, you know, with our friends and family. Like you said, people that don't have vitiligo can go on with their lives normally. We still have the challenge. It right. doesn't go. Right. Know? You can't turn it off. No. You can't turn it off. And I think that was one of the things that I, I realized very early on. I mean, you shared a story with me in our interview about when you first went to go see a dermatologist about um, a spot that you had discovered on your skin. And in less than five, 10 minutes, you were handed a pamphlet and like, okay, it's vitiligo, there's no cure, see ya. And I just thought to myself, I don't know how I would have reacted. I think I may have, I would have snapped, honestly. Right. But you never know until you are in someone's shoes what that could possibly feel like. And although I can't say that I know it, but I heard that story so many times Absolutely. during this filming that it enraged me. It just enraged me. I couldn't believe that in this powerful country that we call the United States, that people were being treated with such disregard for right. something that is, your skin is your largest organism on your body. And for someone to be treated with such disregard about something that you can't take off, you can't hide it. You can't hide it. And that to me was, that brought out my anger, um, you know, feeling or, or just feeling the empathy of of everyone who shared their stories with me it, it, it's it's a weight it's a weight but i i know that i have to do this project because i made a promise to these five women that it was too important for me to not do this at this time and like i said you know i think god just put all the people in the right place at the right time for me uh, my husband bought a beautiful Hall Bay Productions truck and we right. hit the road and and we traveled as far as Minnesota. We went down to North Carolina where I, I interviewed you. We went to New York. We went to Connecticut, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we're going to D.C. sometime in the beginning of the year. So this is going to... I think for the very first time, put faces and voices to a condition, a disease that people don't understand. Absolutely. And I think what my goal is, is that I want people to walk away understanding and knowing how a person with vitiligo has to maneuver their lives every single day. Right, absolutely. And, and some of the things we have to do to make our lives feel normal. And, and, and I say normal, you know, we put our little quotations behind it. You know, what is a normal life at this point? But I, I find even for myself, I have to go to a restaurant by myself to feel like I'm okay. You know, mm. to push past some of those things that 
you know, the eyes are looking at you. You know, people are staring and they're still trying to figure out, oh, what's wrong with the skin, but nobody's going to ask. Right. You know, but you can tell when somebody's uncomfortable. And although I'm uncomfortable, I have to put myself in that position. Well, if I want to go out to eat, I have to be able to go out to eat. You know, um, if I want to go to Target, Walmart, whatever, I have to be able to put myself in that position. And it's not always easy because she's always have that anxiety built up, you know? Yes, yes. Um, even something as simple as, oh, I'm wearing shorts, it's hot outside. It's easy for some people. Uh, if you have vitiligo, that's not easy, you know? Right. It, it's a conscious decision. You or have just to, to be outside, period, because yeah. of the sun. Absolutely. Right? And, and those are things that I don't everyone doesn't understand that and mm. i think it's important that we do vitiligo awareness and education not just to be aware but also educate people on the different experiences that come with having vitiligo for men for women for children for teenagers you know all of our i, I feel like our subgroups have different experiences although there's some of the same shared experiences they are different yes um, and and just just to let people know when they say, oh, it's okay, it's okay. It may be okay, but we still have these things that we go through internally that you never see. Right, right. And and that's I, I, that's where I feel like the project is going to be very important because people are going to hear it and see it. Yes. And hear from people living with the condition. It's a little different when you read an article because you read it, you see the picture, but when you see somebody actually telling this story, I think then you're going to start tugging on some of those um, little little strings and people are going to tear up and people are going to feel some type of way and they're going to think about, wow, you know, I remember when I met that person, I wonder how they felt when I didn't speak to them or right. I that person's hand or hug right. that person, you know, and, yeah. and those small things. And this, and this film is, is going to be raw. It, we're not going to put this in a you know cute disney music and everything is wonderful right. this is this is going to be as raw as how you all gave it to me because i think that that's what people need to hear and it's not going to be easy and you are right. going to have those people that say wow i remember that time i saw mark and i didn't reach out my hand because i thought it was i was going to catch it and yes there's an ignorance to that there is a there's a shock to that right. you know but if you just took two minutes of your life and use these wonderful things that all of us have <laughs> right you could learn probably about a good 25 percent of what you need to know about vitiligo in Absolutely. two minutes in two minutes but we're Absolutely. so comfortable with you know, okay, my, my life is nice and I don't, I don't want to get it infected with anything that is uncomfortable for me. And I'm screaming, this film is going to make people uncomfortable. And right. I want it to make people uncomfortable because it's the least we can do to offset the uncomfortableness that you all have had to live with the right. entire time. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and that is very important. Um, people don't, they, they really don't understand um, our journey, our feelings. And to be uncomfortable makes you, A, have a better appreciation for what people are going through. Mm -hmm. Or B, make you want to learn more and research more. 
Yes. Um, now, one of the things I've always said is that, you know, this generation of kids and, and focuses on the kids, they're going to be, they're going to grow up to be the adults that have a better understanding of differences and conditions and, mm -hmm. and people that have those challenges or may look different, such as people with vitiligo. It's our generation that grew up, I feel like, in a time of ignorance where we didn't know a lot about the condition. Um, we didn't know how to name it. We didn't have a lot of, um, we didn't have the technology to click a button and say, hey, here's vitiligo. If you really want to know about it, you have to go research it. Right. It's a library, pull a book and research. And we were skeptical. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, Michael Jackson, I think, is the most famous person yes. who lived with vitiligo. And we didn't believe him. We, Not at all. We, we said he was bleaching his skin, that he wanted to be white, that, oh, look at him. And yes, Michael Jackson has, has had some issues um, yes. and he dealt with those issues. But I think that we, particularly the black community, was horrible. Treated hor he, he was treated horribly by us because we didn't know and because we made assumptions and no he, he didn't really talk about it he did finally have an interview with Oprah Winfrey where he did come out and say that he had vitiligo but even then we didn't want to believe him Right. And so I think you're right. I think that, you know, we grew up in a, in a very cynical time and we didn't have um, afforded to us the instant, you know, information at our fingertips. And I do hope that it is still very important that this young generation, my, my teenagers, know and understand and respect and honor differences. And I think that what we can learn from our mistakes in our generation is for our children to not be the same. So this generation of youth, I think, has the opportunity to be better than we are. If you think about what they have available to them in terms of information, in terms of access, um, and they have, I think, a better grasp of the world See, when we were growing up, we only knew what was happening when the six o'clock news came on. These kids know what's happening all the time. And Absolutely. I think for in one way that makes them smarter and more informed. So with that power, I say just let's teach them to be better, to be better than we were. Um, and, you know, in bullying is still a huge issue so you know there's the the bullying there's the talking about there's the the snapchat and the tiktoks that make fun of other people and can you imagine having to deal with all of that and you have vitiligo as well right. i mean we just we need to and i ask my son all the time um who's 14 years old he's a, a freshman in high school i'm like do, do anyone in your any kids in the school have vitiligo he said no not that i know of and then we were in um, the supermarket and he saw a girl with vitiligo and I couldn't even recognize it myself um, she was a Caucasian girl she was a little further away from me and he said yeah I can I can see it and right. and I said well why don't you go up and tell her about the film I'm making 
you know, and he was all shy and everything. So, you know, I spoke with her mom, but, um, but just, you know, him being aware of it so that right, we're in this right. busy supermarket and he sees someone. And that's what, you know, I hope that I am able to continue to instill in him. And I hope that we can all do that with all of our kids. Absolutely. Um, I just did uh, four presentations at my school for our fifth grade classes because I, I wanted them to be aware of not just my vitiligo, but just our differences and also what makes us alike as people, you know. And it was a great opportunity to share with them because a lot of them didn't really know about vitiligo. Some did. Um, I know one child in there, his dad has vitiligo. Mm. I've been trying to encourage his father to come to our group, but he's not ready yet. So whenever he's ready, we'll invite him in. But I said, I don't want to push him. But it's great just to get that information out to our youth because they'll grow up to be the adults that accept the people for who they are. Right. Understand that there are various conditions that affect people. That makes us unique. That makes us stand out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and that's what I love about the organizations, Fit Friends and Vitiligo uh, Associations and all these nonprofits who are really trying to say you're not alone, right. you know, and that's the other big thing is that because I can imagine isolation was a word that came up, I think, in every single yes. interview that I did is this whole idea of isolation, because at the time you do feel like you're the only one, particularly, right. you know, my, my family doesn't have it. None of my friends have it. So that can be a very isolating feeling. So that's why I'm, I'm so um, proud of the work that you all are doing in these in these various groups, because people need to know that as well. People need to know that they're not alone, that there right. is support, that there is, there can be joy. There can Absolutely. be. And that, um, and yes, you have to kind of work your way up to make that first step, but just knowing that those kind of organizations are out there, I think is amazing. Yeah, and we're doing a lot of good work out there, getting the awareness and, awareness and education out to the community. And not just the surrounding community, but within ourselves. Because there are times that we don't always understand our own condition. Right. Um, and so I feel like we're learning from each other. Yeah. And we're in a position where we're teaching doctors about our condition because they know from the book what it's like. Mm -hmm. so if you actually speak to someone who lives with the condition, you find there are other things that go along with it. And so I feel like we're in a unique position to educate the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's an awesome responsibility because you're not just dealing with yourself. Now you're like ambassadors, right? In Absolutely. a way, trying to get other people to understand your walk. And, and that's really why I'm doing this film is to be able to, on a much larger scale, be able to share that walk with so many people and every walk is different, you know, just like Absolutely. all, we are all different and to, to, assume that everyone with vitiligo is having the same journey and the right. same feeling and the same trauma if that's the if that's the case is is just a disservice to what uh humanity is all about so all of those things are themes that i'm bringing up in the film because you know it's i have learned more about myself doing this film than i thought i ever could 
it really has profoundly, and I'm going to write about this when the film is complete, because I really feel like as a filmmaker, it's so easy to detach yourself from your subject, particularly when you're thinking about, okay, what's the next thing? I don't know when the next thing is. I am so involved and ingrained in this right now that I don't want to get out of it. I'm going to be really sad when the film is done because, but I know that I have met extraordinary people who are going to be in my life forever. And that's, that's just a gift to me. And that that is awesome. And, and we are one big family, you know, and and I say family, I look at all people that are like, Mm -hmm. and I never asked, um, I was doing a, a study group and they showed a visual of people with vitiligo and the question I had, I said, well, that is not a true representation of vitiligo because you have every person on there, it's on their face. Mm. Vitiligo is so unique and so different. Right. Arms, body, lower parts of the body. I said, it could be anywhere. And, and the response I got was, well, we wanted people to visually see what it looks like. I said, I understand where you're coming from. I said, but you can put 30 people with vitiligo in one room and it's going to look different for each and every one of us. That's right. I said, so you might want to consider um, a publication that shows a variety of people with vitiligo, not just on the face, but, you know, even somebody that you can look at them and say, oh, they don't have it because I don't see it. Right. That's vitiligo. You don't have to see it. Right. You know, yeah, so, and particularly Caucasian people, um, right. and I, I've heard that from interviewing some Caucasian people that, you know, they would go to conferences and they wouldn't, they would not feel as though they were legitimate enough because right. it was harder to see. Um, but like you said, I mean, there are people who are, have been completely depigmented. Absolutely. They still have vitiligo. Right. You know, and just because you don't see the patches, the skin patches on the, it doesn't mean that they don't have it. And then you have um, people with very, very dark complexion where it looks right. very, very dramatic. And then you have people who are, have much fairer skin where maybe you don't see it until you're very, very close up to them. But you're right. I mean, it's the diversity of it all is just as I think incredible as the journeys themselves, Absolutely. because because it it really is individuals that are having the all these different paths. And for me, just bringing those paths together to tell this one story, um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be life changing. I I really Absolutely. do truly believe it. Now I have one last comment statement to make um and then we're going to go to our last corner where you wrap things up um and then we're in but in talking to one of the kids on uh, last week a child asked me he said um so if you lose all your pigmentation are you no longer black and and what i said in response i said i understand where you're coming from because yes your skin looks light or white i said but it doesn't take away your identity. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, there are um, th- there are things about us as people. I said, you know, that vitiligo doesn't take away. I said, if you're born black, you're still going to be black, whether you're light or dark. I said, we come in so many different shades. Vitiligo to me is just another shade 
I understand it can affect that self-identity because we're so we identify so much with our skin tone yes yes um but i feel like being black is so much more than just what's on the outside it, it you know is your traditions and family and your culture so much i say it doesn't take any of that stuff away right but you know mark i've, I've interviewed people who are terrified of right. the idea of depigmenting absolutely um, because they feel as though somehow their their race goes away or that the way the world looks at them will right. be different. And, you know, that that kind of speaks to the whole colorism issue that we have Absolutely. in this in this country. Um, but I, I, I agree with you, you know, who you are is is what you aspire to be is, is what right. you choose to be i mean we we have we're in a society now where gender can be changed we have Absolutely. we're in a society now where um the physicalities of ourselves can be changed so that fluidity i think makes it a little bit challenging i think for people right, with right. vitiligo who are really concerned with losing their part of their identity right because right? it's not the entire thing but you know when i look at you i, I may oh, okay well uh let's see he's got the features of a black man but is he really right black? because right. i don't he doesn't have dark skin and right you know and i can only imagine what that might feel like yeah. as well and i've interviewed people within our community that uh, have lost all of their pigmentation and one of the comments they get quite often is are you latino Mm -hmm. You know, are you Puerto Rican? They're like, no, I'm black. I just, I have vitiligo. I've lost all of my, you know, complexion. And and I think that's where some of the education piece comes in. Yes. Um, and, and I think we'll get there eventually. But also that opens up the doors for that person, if they're comfortable, to have that discussion with any other person about vitiligo and what it can do to your skin physically. And... It, it can also how it can also affect your identity and make you think sometimes that hey i am changing am i, yeah. black? Am I not black or am i latino am i not latino you know mm -hmm. so it can make you think all these different things absolutely and again it's education it's awareness it's right. advocacy it's all those things and you know together with the vitiligo community that is the, the biggest thing that we're going to try and do in this film is to be able to demystify all those questions and ideas and right. and misinformation that people will have uh, and just give it to them straight because it's that important and for a story like this which hasn't been done before um, I really am just truly honored just to have been uh, invited into your community so that I'm able to do this because I really feel so strongly that this is one of the most important stories I ever going to tell. Right, absolutely. And we do appreciate you being a part of this and, and wanting to share our story and tell our story because um, it has to be told because we, we're, you know, we're telling our stories, but it has to be told on a bigger platform. Um, so before I get to the last part of our conversation, how can someone get involved in the production? How can they support you? That is my favorite question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a website, morethanourskin.org, 
there you can look at some of the trailers that I've already produced for the film. I've done a little snippet of each of the women's stories and you can learn more about the different facets of the film that we're going to do, the information, the advocacy, the awareness, and you can learn about the creative team and you can make a donation to the making the of this film. <laughs> yes, morethanaskin.org. Hit the big donate button at the top. Um, and what this does is that it really gives us the resources to continue our research, to continue to pay our production assistants. Um, Greg and I own all of our own equipment, so we're not getting rich off of this, but we really want to be able to pay the people who have been giving their blood, sweat, and tears for the making of this film, uh, even if it's just a little bit of something. So every donation makes a difference, $5, $10, whatever you have. And we have a raffle going on right now there to help go. raise money. Uh, you can also get that information on the morethanourskin.org website. We have some great prizes. Uh, the raffle is only until November 30th, so please get on. Uh, one ticket is $5 or three for 10 or five for 20. Uh, some great prizes for a great cause. And uh, I just thank you all for your support. Absolutely. So make sure for our listeners out there, go out there and donate. Spread the word about the film. Yes. You will know when it's coming out. We will let you know. I'll make sure I'll bring you back. Valerie will bring you back on her show to talk more about the film right before its release. We'll make sure we get that information out there. So, Tanya, I always ask my guests to leave the listeners with some words of encouragement, something positive. So, can you give that to us right now? Then I'll wrap things up and we can head out. I think the most positive thing that I can tell anyone is the power of your voice. For my entire life, I have learned to develop my voice. I have realized that my voice has power. And whether my voice is in storytelling or in my podcast or in my writing, the power of your voice is so uniquely yours and nothing else sounds like it. So I encourage everyone to use that power in their voice, whether it is voting um, during election season, whether it's writing a blog, whether it's writing a letter to somebody that maybe you haven't uh, talked to in a long time, whether it's expressing your opinion about something that's happening on in your world your voice is the only thing that you can say is absolutely uniquely yours and i think that we all have the responsibility to be able to share our voices with the world to spread light not hate but to spread light and to stand up for what we believe in and what we love absolutely absolutely and i always say to our listeners uh, first of all, thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate when you come on. And I say our listeners because this is a vitiligo podcast. So Valerie has a show. I have my show. We have um, other platforms that we use. So, you know, I say we because we are collective. We're one group. We're one big family. And I'd like to say thank you for listening. And Tanya, thank you for being on my show. As I tell my listeners... Always remember to tell someone that you love them, but most of all, remember to love yourself. You've been listening to Living Life and Love at Night. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you. Have a blessed night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.